What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us here on another episode of Late for Lunch. We are so excited that you have joined us here for episode nine. If you don't know by now, I'm clueless. Yeah, that's insane. I'm Jed. And, you know, we got invited. I'm, quick story. Quick story before we get into the episode. Actually, you know what? I'm going to start this off because something tells me I feel like you're going to lie. I'm not. I'm not. Why would I lie? There's gonna be some falsification in this story. Oh, okay, you tell it, and then I'll correct yeah, you. <clears throat> so, Clueless is a worldwide celebrity, <laughs> known all Already across camp. the campus. Already no, no, you're starting out. Very <laughs> known all around the campus, and um, he's very, very, a very famous individual. So, someone uh, apparently needed his services, needed needed his services, and was trying to get in touch with him. So, over the weekend, you know. Uh, I guess they couldn't get in touch with him. It turns out he gave the person a fake number. But it wasn't intentional. I didn't give her a fake number. Okay, but she messed up the number. It maybe not have been an intentional fake number, but it was turned out to be a fake number. So somehow, some way, um, his personal assistant, me, yes, (laughs) um, gets a a call asking about his contact information. And you know, being a good person, I, I did provide that information. But somehow, you know, I would say he looks out sometimes. So I got dragged into his affairs. Uh, you didn't no. get dragged. You are also on the podcast, which someone realized and also asked you to guest star on the podcast. Okay, I guess if you want to. I'm make sorry, it on the all, panel discussion. Make it sound all pretty. Oh, yeah. So I guess uh, explain what exactly happened. So we had a uh, panel discussion, of course, for an event. Um, it was a few other people on the pod, on the panel, but we got, you know, because we were on the podcast, because they knew we had a podcast, we got invited and we talked about mm, technically our first live event. It was our first live event. If you were there, thank you for coming to support Ignite. I'm pretty sure they're going to, we're going to have more things coming in that, in that vein. So just be on the lookout, but big shout out to Ignite and all the people over there running it. You guys have some quality stuff going on there. If we do do anything else live, we'll probably post that on our Patreon. Yes. So yes. we are on Patreon. Over, you know, the next few weeks, we are going to start building up that repertoire on Patreon. Okay. Exclusive content. I was going to say, we don't want to spoil too much, but next season is looking kind of crazy. It's looking pretty exciting. I won't lie. I won't lie. But, you know, got to keep it under wraps. You know where to find us. It's late. The number four. Lunch podcast on Instagram. Also on Patreon. If you go in our Instagram bio, there's a link that takes you to everywhere you can contact us currently. We do update Instagram the most. And we do respond. That, yeah, we will respond to you if you guys, you know, hit us with some questions. Speaking of questions, though. While we were at the live event, they had an area in which you could um, drop your questions if you had questions for the panel. And they, the audience there did include um, a good number of questions. It was, oh, it was, it was good it was participation. So shout out to you if you're in that audience. And we know we didn't get to all of the questions there. So we're you know going to kind of go over some of those questions that were in the uh questionnaire and 
you know, for those that weren't there, we're going to come, you know. We're going to give you, we're, we're going to let you, we're going to allow you. We're going to catch you up. We're going to catch you up. Right. We're going to catch you up. I did want to give a little bit of context, context on the demographic. Like I said, like you, I, like you said, um, this, these questions were taken from Oakwood students, Oakwood University students. I like to say from the age demographic of, let's say 17 to the lowest, max being maybe 25. But we're being super max. So somewhere in this range. And uh, just a lot of the same stuff that people deal with on Oakwood's campus and just college students everywhere. Yeah, so we all deal with temptation. But if we had to put a definition on it, Jet, what would you say? How would you define temptation? Temptation. The bad apple. The, the fruit in the garden. Okay, temptation. I, I guess I'll say temptation is a feeling. It's, it's a warfare in your mind. Right, so when you know you're, when you know you should do something, temptation is the feeling of persuasion tr- attempting to convince you to do something else. So temptation, so like usually, for example, for example, if you, mm, let's see, okay, okay. So if you are on a diet, right, and you say you studied and you know this diet is the correct thing for you. Yeah. In your mind, that warfare that's like, okay, I know you're on a diet, but today I think you deserve Krispy Kremes. That that warfare, that uh hmm, what's the word? I don't want to call it a nemesis, but that that anti Oh, I got you that that good yeah, angel, bad angel yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. That that bad angel is what I would usually call temptation. Whatever it is that's trying to convince you to do what you usually don't want to do. That's good. If I could, you know, add to that a little bit, I would say um, temptation is a short term, you know, pleasure feeling or something that hinders you from a long term goal. So like you were saying, going back to the the diet, your long term goal is to, you know, stay away from these foods and ultimately have a healthier lifestyle. The temptation would be this sugar or this whatever, this cookie, this donut that's keeping you from that healthy lifestyle or whatever it is down the road that you're you're trying to get to. So that's what I would say temptation is. It sounds like, though, from what we're saying, temptation is a bad thing. Do you think temptation is always a bad thing or are there times that temptation can be good? So I won't lie. The first time I saw this question in, in coming to the like the where we could see the questions. I was I was of a different mindset. So I did believe that there could be good temptation. But I don't I wouldn't necessarily now I'm convinced that there's I don't believe in good temptation. Cause I, I feel I don't think you can be you can be tempted to to do something good. And I'm it's gonna take a little bit to break this down. So I'm gonna see. But a good, usually a temptation, like I said, is when something is, it's the anti of something that you're supposed to do, right? So unless you've trained yourself so much, okay, okay. Actually, let me, let me go like this. Temptation is usually primarily based off of your moral compass, right? So what you view as right or wrong the wrong side is usually what we what we what humans would consider the temp, the temptation, right? Yeah. So I, I guess in a sense, if your moral compass is so twist so twisted, 
that you presume or you perceive good as bad, then maybe you can have a such thing as a good temptation. Like if your diet is is you if you've locked in on the diet that all I deserve is is like all I need is is like donuts, pizza, and French fries. I guess in a sense, saying I should have a salad would be tempting. But you your moral compass would have to be pretty twisted for there to be a such thing as a good temptation. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I am also probably of the mindset that you're saying that there's no such thing as a good temptation because the way I look at temptation, it's it's like keeping you from something that you're trying to get to. So there's nothing good that keeps you from where you're trying to go. Now, there can be good things or innocent activities that can become temptations. Like um, someone gave the example of um, going to shop. Inherently, shopping is not a bad thing. We need to shop. When you get so consumed in shopping that it's distracting you from other things or reading isn't a bad thing. Reading can give you knowledge. But when you get so so twisted up in a book that you don't get your assignments done or you're, you're blowing off other things, then it becomes something that's bad and, you got know. You, got you. So essentially anything done without temperance or balance could turn into a bad thing. So yes, like, you know, yes, like say, too much of a good thing is a bad. Yeah. Yeah. I I 100% agree with that. So yeah, I guess you could say they they tie in like the moral compass. Your moral compass, usually what what's against your morals is what you're tempted on. But I will I won't lie, I I saw this question and it it did intrigue me. It did intrigue me. And I think this is probably going to be one of the ones that we talk about the most, right? So to set up some to set up some background, um, if you're driving, the chances are in your life at least once you've sped somewhere, right? Now we all know the dangers of speeding. We know it can be life threatening. We know you can receive a ticket. You know you can uh, you can injure other people. You put other people's lives at risk. But somehow we keep doing it, right? So the question was that really like inspired my thought: How can you reject temptation? Even when you know, or let's see, it's it. How can you reject temptation if even when you give into it, nothing bad happens? So it's like the, like you do it and you don't get anything bad from it. Like you know, there there are, I want to say supposed, but there are potential dangers. Okay, I like that. There are are potential dangers, and there there are definitely potential downsides to this temptation. But however, let's say you may have done it a few times, and it's not, nothing's happening. How do you break that temptation? See, the thing with consequences is... Actually, actually, I'll, I'm going to double up real quick before you even start. How do you even know if that temptation is, is like a bad thing? Well, most of the time, like you are saying, if you have a moral compass, you know what you're doing is not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. Okay. So if you're... If you're... If you're doing something and you already have that inclination that, hey, this is it's not on the up and up or, you know, this is not, I'm not supposed to be doing this, then follow that feeling. But when you get to that, you know what, I'm just going to just going to go for it and you do it and then you're expecting something to happen and it doesn't. I'll say most of the time, I'll, I'll just generalize it. Most okay. of the time. 
that consequence will catch up to you. Okay. So this is this is the one I can think of because you know everybody uses this one. When you're having sex that, mm, mm. and you decide to not use protection for whatever reason. Because it feels good, whatever it is. And then after that first time she doesn't get pregnant. You're gonna be like, oh, you know what? Yeah, that sense just, of invincibility, right? Right. So now you're you're getting that feeling that you know, oh, I can keep doing this and not face the consequences of this action that got you. And then when eventually it's gonna catch up to you, you're gonna slip up one time, and I like that. Nine like months that. later, you got a little <laughs> bundle of joy. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. But yeah, with anything. There's going to be, well, any temptation, I'll say, there's potential consequences on the other side. And I would say that can make some, for some worse situations because you feel like, well, this temptation is not bad. And then you keep doing it. And it find, when the consequences finally show up, it's you've done it for so long that the consequences are worse than it would have been if you experienced it the first time, if that makes sense. Okay. okay. So... I would say almost if you do it, if you if you know you're not supposed to do it and you do it and you don't get com- consequences, run because you're probably lucky. Okay. One thing, one of my favorite phrases I learned from a movie, because I didn't, I didn't know about it before this movie. I'm not going to mention the name of the movie because if you know, you know. I don't want to give everything away. Can't give all my secrets. But one of my favorite phrases uh, was from a movie, right? So in this movie, there is, there's a group of people and they are, they are in a nightclub, right? And I'm not gonna lie, they're moving some illegal, uh, some illegal substances. Right? So the head of the table, the head of the group, he's speaking. And and one of the one of the, the I won't, I'll call him a, one of the goons, says something and cuts him off. So everyone everyone stops. Of course, the the room gets quiet, and the goons look at at the head of the table, or the head guy. In almost in in anticipation, and uh, he looks at him, and he's like, "Now you know, you know, I can't let you get away with that." And he he's like, "I don't I don't get what's going on." But he's like, "You know, if I let you get away with that, it's it's a slippery slope." And, her, and one of the guys was like, "What do you mean a slippery slope?" So he was like, "Okay, let me explain. If if I let you get away with this, then this guy, he'll think he can get away with it, hmm. and it'll just spiral out of control." Hmm. Until eventually, that respect won't be there, right? So eventually, they had, they had to jump the dude. You know, he had to jump the dude. But I, I say all this to to tie in that that slippery slope, right? So when you talk about a temptation that you you keep doing but nothing bad occurs, it is indeed a slippery slope because, like I said, these, like it's snow, it's gonna snowball, right? So let's be honest. Uh, since we're you know we're having an adult themed podcast, uh, one of the one of people's favorite substances is known as the gateway drug, right? Mm. And even though people deny yeah. it all the time, it usually is the gateway drug That's because true. people people are satisfied with it at first, and they get to a point where they need it to be stronger, and then they get to a point where it's not strong enough, so they use it spiked with other things, and then they combine it with other substances until it gets. It gets far out of far out of control to a point where the 
to what they're using is, is endangering their life. Almost. Yeah, it's like it's like desensitizing them to the exactly. point where it's, it's dangerous levels, right? Yeah. So like even even the necessary like if you get away with something, and you see nothing bad happens, you can't see that as like a, oh maybe I'm lucky, or maybe I'm just that guy type thing. Like even even if nothing bad is happening, like procrastination, people do it all the time. If you procrastinate one time and get away with it, that that you have to be able to cut off in your mind that that does not mean I can keep this up. You know, actually, you should look at it the other way. Like, okay, I got lucky this time. Maybe I should look at it differently or try it from a different angle next time. But that that was definitely one question. I was like, I was like, wow, this is a this is a good question. These are some intelligent kids. But actually, tying into that, it was another question I saw that definitely. It, it caught my attention also. And it's kind of tied into that last question. But, you know, like, usually, you know, in that one last time, you're like, okay, I got away with the, I got away with that one time. That's cool. That's cool. But, like, you know, that would be like my, that was like my last time. I'm done. And, you know, and you get to the, you get to one more where you think you need to do it again. And it's like, okay, maybe, you know, one last time. This is my last time. Like, that, that's a tough place to be. So how do you get out of that? that one last time, one last hurrah mindset? I would say if, you, if you're in temptation, you know that, that one last time feeling. Or if you, you've had that temptation, you know that one last time feeling. And if we're being completely honest with ourselves, every time you do it one last time, you know it's not going to be one last time. Let's, let's, you're not, like, that's not true. You're like, okay, let me let me just get one more sip. It's going to be the last time. It's my last time. I'm not going to go back to the liquor store, no on aisle 13, no more, no and, and right to that body. shelf. And there's nothing get. else in the bottle. It is my last time. Bro, you, See, can, you can mean it, bro. That's what I'm saying. Playing playing with the one last time is dangerous because it just it gives you that, I don't know the exact drug it releases in your brain, but it gives you that last kick, and now you're addicted again. Let me make sure. I want to say dopamine, but I don't want to be wrong. I, I think that's what it is. But it 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 reactivates that feeling that you get and you're you're hooked right back to where you were. Maybe so, I'm right. I don't know. I so that's what I would say, you know, don't don't give into that one last time. And it can seem like a big thing to to not get into that one last time thing, but it it takes small victories to get over a big mountain. Like you're not just okay. gonna you're not just gonna step over a mountain in one stride. Okay. You have to take several steps. You had to hike mm. to get to where you're trying to get to. Okay. It's not gonna it's not gonna be a you know one swing of the sword and you kill that giant. It's going to take it's going to take, you know, setting these little goals. Let's say you your temptation is procrastination. Okay. And that's what that's what you do. It takes meeting little goals, so being on time for class. It takes, you know, setting setting a time to do your homework and following through with that before, you know, it takes before you get to that looking up at the end of the semester and you haven't done a single assignment. So following through on the little goals and before you know it, it'll be the big goal that you were trying to achieve that seemed big at first, but now that you've 
you know, gotten the little things, it's not so bad. Mm. So setting, setting, I guess, smaller goals to helping you reach the, the big thing that it seems like will help you get out of that kind of middle space of, I'm just going to do it a little bit or, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go all the way or whatever it is. Got you. So you're, you're the taking small steps. Yeah, you're overcoming, that's what in general on, on any temptation. Okay. Any temptation you have is going to take small steps. It's going to be that first time of, you know, let's say you're you're on that diet, and every time you walk in the office, there's a box of donuts sitting on the counter. It's going to take that first time walking past the donuts, that second time walking past the donuts, okay. until you walk past the donuts so many times that you forgot the donuts were sitting right there on the counter. Okay, okay. So so it it always takes that first time to, even though I want to do it one last time, saying establishing that no will will get you out of it. Okay, so since we're at university, I guess I have to make my I have to make my teachers proud at least once, right? So stay with me because I'm not gonna lie. If you're listening late at night, you you might need to pause and wake up and, and resume in the morning because we're about to go. We're about to go real real kind of. Got to get philosophical on them. Mm, you know, mathematical. Uh, okay, mathematical, okay. mathematical, fair. So one of calculus's uh, primary principles, right, is taking the area of something. So one thing that you they teach you about in calculus is taking the area of a curve. Yeah. Now what they don't tell you is that you cannot there's you can't just straight up take an area of a curve, especially if the curve is is very like wiggly. Like let's say it looks like an S at the bottom. But like the top is flat, it's very difficult to take the area of a curve like that. Yeah. Because we don't have, there's no, you know, we have functions and formulas for taking the area of triangles and circles and, you know, rectangles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't have anything for like these strange shapes, right? So we, what we do is integration, and what that allows us to do is to break up each. It allows us to break up the area of the shape, no matter how the shape is formed or how it looks break it up, and we break it up into many, many small pieces. And we use those small pieces to approximate the area of the entire shape, right? I'm following. So if we compare that to your battle against temptation, right? And like you said about the uh, fighting the one last time mentality, you can, only, you can only fight so much area. You can only measure so much area at one time, right? Mm, mm, so like good. you were saying, in that example of, of passing, you, at, you know, passing your stand with the donuts, right? Okay, so we see the donuts on the first day. And let's say usually your temptation is you grab three, right? It's it's probably a good step to start with baby steps. Because if, if we're being honest, a lot of people can't just can't go, can't just stop, right? You, you have to work your way down. So let's say your first step is moving from three to one, right? So you move from three to one. And you're at one donut, and you're at you, you, you settle at one for for two days, right? Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. And then on your next day, your next step is okay. Now I'm okay. I've done my part, but I, I gotta keep moving, right? So let me move from maybe a donut to a muffin, all right? And then you you keep working your way down to the the point where you you pass. Well, even when you go to the table, you you almost become blind to the donuts, right? And actually, this is, this is going to work out perfectly. But you almost become blind to the donuts. And you work your way down to where, like, 
you're, you're almost unbothered by the presence of the donuts, right? So you get to a point where you can, you can pass the table and you can be like, okay, you know, I'm a, that used to bother me, but now I no longer need that. Like, you know, like when you work out or when, or when, you're, when you first start dieting, uh, you have your body becomes accustomed to how you eat. So you can train your body to however you work out or however you, you eat because your stomach will shrink or it'll expand, you know, proportionally or according to whatever you're doing. That's kind of sort similar to how the brain works, right? If you consistently tell your brain that I need this thing and you keep providing your brain with that, your brain's going to continue to think I need this. But the more you, you wean your brain off of this and you're like, okay, I need this less and less, your brain will actually acknowledge, okay, maybe I don't need this as much as I thought I did until you get to the point where, oh, I don't need this completely. And that, that's where it no longer bothers you. But yeah, that was, I, I, I did like that question. That question was pretty good. Let me add this. Have you ever heard how long it takes to break a habit or make a habit? It was, I, I've heard it before. I know it's like a couple of weeks. So yeah, it takes, scientifically, it takes 21 days to either start a habit or break a habit. So after you pass 21 days, you can say successfully, like of not doing something or of doing something okay. for 21 days straight, you can say, I've either broken this habit or, you know. And we I've, can assume that those 21 days are 21 days of consistency. Consistency, yes. Yeah, okay. So it's consistently do it. Gotcha. So now with that being said, let's say someone is doing something and they haven't, you know, reached that 21-day mark. And, you know, they're like, say, backsliding or whatever it is, they're going back to whatever it is. How would you say to deal with that, I guess, shame, that, you know, feeling of, you know, I don't want to keep doing this? Or how would you, how would you deal with that mentality of falling on your journey to overcoming temptation? Okay. So my first piece of advice I'll say, whenever you're fighting a journey or whenever you're beginning a journey, especially as yourself, it's important that you mark your progress but I also believe it's important that you find someone else to hold you accountable, right? Because dealing with shame is not a thing that you should ever do alone, right? Because most times, well, a lot of people, when they try to deal with shame, they, they get so broken at, at the human nature of their defeat, and they end up backsliding. And oftentimes, they, those backslides, are, are they turn into to worse, worse than the normal habits, right? I mean, we, we've all seen it in movies so many times where the addict has been doing so well. They've been working, and then something bad happens, and they, they don't know where to go. And that's the, they, all, the first thing that they do is turn back to where they went to, right? So my first piece of advice would, never, would be to never, never, never deal with that shame alone, right? So if you have someone holding you accountable, talk to them. You know, be like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was supposed to do this, but I... I, I didn't make it. I wasn't able to, to, to complete my task, right? And once, you, once you've worked on that, once you talk to it with someone, right, most times, well, first thing first, no one's perfect. So usually there are different ways of reassuring people. And however, whichever way usually works best for you, if you trust this person, they probably know the way you like to be reassured. You know, they'll let you know. You know, but you've been, you've been making progress. Like you may have back, you may have, had a backslide this one time, but you've been, you've been, if we're being honest, you've been on your game, right? This one time, everybody's human, but don't let this drag you down. Like, remember the progress that you made, and you, you know, you made significant progress. 
So don't let that hold you back. And, like use that as fuel. Like okay, if I, I may I may not have made it 21 days this time, but I made it 16. Right. So next time, if I made it 16 with no warm up, I should definitely be able to make it 21 plus this time. You know, you can't let these, you can't let the shame beat you down. I would say. Yeah, that's good. If I'm being honest, like you were saying, sometimes we look at shame as a bad thing. But I would say that if you do something that you know you're not supposed to do and you feel the shame, that's a good feeling. Because if you, if let's say on the complete opposite side of the, of the, I guess, yielding to, temp- to, to temptation part, if you've done something so many times that you're out of that, you know, temptation part, like you're saying, if, you're, if your moral compass is so switched that you no longer feel guilty when you do something, then that is a horrible place to be because yep. you, you've given into it so much that it doesn't affect you anymore. You can no longer even recognize that you have the problem. Exactly, exactly. So when, when you feel that temptation, I would say you know that you're, you're either making progress or you can still make progress. Not saying that anybody that doesn't feel shame for anything that they're doing or guilt or whatever it is can't turn it around because like you're saying, it takes small steps to get back from wherever it is. Definitely. So using, using that shame that you felt, using uh, that feeling that you get right after you do something that you weren't supposed to do, using that to change your behavior and say, hey, I keep feeling ashamed. I'm not going to, I don't want to keep doing this thing. But sometimes, you know, people can get to a place where it just, it keeps coming back. They're trying to change. They're trying to change. And it just, it just keeps biting at them. I would, real quick, I would even say that, like, don't dwell on the shame, but definitely don't forget it. Right. That's because good. shame yeah, that's is good. not something when you when you dwell on shame, it can bring you down. But when you forget shame, you tend to make the same mistakes. So when in these moments where you feel shame, remember the feeling. Yeah. Remember the feeling of or how you feel, how that how that shame made you feel and do what you can to avoid that feeling. But don't don't dwell on it for too long. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, don't hold on to the shame. Yeah. But don't hold on, hold on to, on to the it. But re- no. Remember the feeling that it, like how it make you feel. Yeah, that's good. But like we were saying, like we we're saying, um, when someone keeps dealing with something that you know just keeps coming back, keeps coming back. You know, they're trying to turn away, but you know the temptation just keeps biting at them. What What would you say about temptation and keep coming back or? How would you, how would you get over a temptation that you know keeps biting at you? Okay, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little bit because I don't think temptations ever leave you, right? Even temptations that people are getting over, or have gotten over successfully, I don't think they never leave. So I don't know. I don't believe that you can actually, like, the word the phrasing was cast out a temptation or be rid of a temptation. I do believe that you can work to a, a place where. The temptation that the temptation doesn't bother you, but I, I do not believe that you can you can get rid of a temptation. So based off that belief, how would I better fight the temptation? Um, basic. Mm, first of all, you have to acknowledge what your temptation is, right? One of the important points that one of the people made on the panel 
that I definitely remember is that you have to remember, well, you have to understand the things that tempt you, right? So if you know, if you know I'm tempted by this thing, that means you should probably avoid that thing as much as you can. If we're just if we're just being honest, if like if we're gonna keep it hundred, you should probably avoid that thing as much as you can. Now I understand in all situations that's not that's not feasible. Like you can't there's there are gonna be times where you're where you need to avoid things, but you where you need to avoid things, but you're not you're not able to. Yeah. Right? So my first tip, like I said, if you can avoid the temptations, avoid the things that tempt you. Right? But like I was saying earlier, don't don't try to fight temptation alone, right? Keep keep somebody keep someone have someone that can, that you can hold that can hold yourself accountable. So you can hold yourself accountable, but have somebody else there that that, that can check on you, that can make sure you you know you're keeping up with your progress, in all of, in like definitely those things. But you just have to like. Hmm. Well, I guess one another way I'll say that you could possibly that you could fight off temptation. Is well, first thing first, if you're prepared for the temptation, well, I'll always be actually always be prepared for the temptation because most times, like, if we look at history, temptation usually strikes you when you're at some of your weakest times, yeah, when you let your guard down, exactly. So, first thing first, always be prepared for temptation, right? And then, you like, if you know the things that tempt you, I guess one way this may sound kind of like childish, but I, I don't care, anyways. Like know your know the opposite of your temptation, right? And use that to fight off your temptation. Now that that probably makes no sense, right? If I'm tempted by chocolate cake, why in the world would I think about an apple? You know, have, just have an apple with you, or whatever is whatever is the opposite of your temptation, and use that and, and dwell on that, and just try to move your mind. Just try to move your mind away from that temptation, because I'm I'm not even gonna lie. Most temptations probably don't last long. The thing is that when they hit, they hit like super strong. That's true. So if you can last, if you can last for those for those however long your your temptation is, or however short your temptation is, if you can last for that, you should be okay. And then the thing is like, once you beat temptation once, I feel like that's probably your your biggest victory, right? Because morally, it's like once you. Once you've done something one time, you acknowledge, okay, I can do this. And then once you know that you can do it, the only thing is stopping that's stopping you is really how much do you want to do it? Yeah, no, that's that's a hundred percent true. Once you get that first no out of the way, then you know you're you're on the right path already. But when when something keeps coming back, I would say if you if you you know made it to that point where you can go you can go a good amount of time and you're saying you know i'm it's not even it's not even bothering me i don't even think about it i can you know i'm i'm good knowing where being in touch with your emotions and knowing okay when i feel like this is more i'm more likely to given to whatever it is so let's say definitely you know after your somebody close to you passed you were more likely to go back to the liquor store and get a bottle and drink your pain away definitely. knowing that and knowing that pain and losing somebody 
will drive you back to that moment. Being prepared for, you know, okay, if I ever feel sad, I'm not going to be alone. I'm going to go to my friend's house because that'll be more, that'll, that will keep me from going to the liquor store instead. Or like you were saying, if you get somebody that you can call when you're at that lowest moment and they can help you see past that temptation, because like you were saying, most of the time temptation is only for that moment or you're, you're, you're doing the temptation to get something for the moment. So if you, if you can take a moment, look beyond the next five minutes, the next 10 minutes, the next 12 hours, next 24 hours, if you can look beyond 24 hours and not see any benefit to whatever it is that you're, you're struggling with, then you can, you can reasonably say, okay, this is not what I should be doing to, this is not what I should be doing to get out of this feeling that I'm having in the moment. Because in the moment, it can seem it can seem like the biggest thing that you that you can't get over. Definitely. But if you look, okay, in in two days, in three days, in five days, in a month, am I going to be proud of this decision that I made today? And that'll help you, you know, get out of that that rock bottom, that moment where you're tempted to go back and do it, but you you persevere i feel you i feel it so actually i like this we talked a lot about like how a person would deal with temptation but one thing like let's let's flip it right let's say you have someone close to you that's dealing with temptation but you don't necessarily well like it's not your temptation it's their temptation but you see them struggling with it right how do you offer help or how do you help them deal with the temptation without overstepping your boundaries? First off, I would say the if the person can see that they're having, you know, this is a temptation for them, this is something bad that they're not supposed to be doing, and they're trying to get out of it, that's a good place to be. If, if when they do it and you say, hey, you know, this is, it's not, it's not good for you to be doing, this is wrong, this is, you shouldn't be doing this, and they say, you know what, I'm do it anyway, or dismiss you. Then, at that point, it can, it can kind of be out of your control. So you might need to, in extreme cases, you might need to send them to rehab. You might need to, you know, put them in somewhere that that they can professionally get that help. Okay. So that's that's number one. If the person is actively trying to get out of it and saying, you know, I know I struggle with this thing. I'm coming to you and telling you, hey, I struggle with this thing. And they they are aware of that. Then that's when you can start, you know, kind of helping them out of it. So the first thing I would say, this, the steps are the same, whether it's for you or whether it's for somebody else. The first thing would be, you know, if they're into it to where they they can't, let's say, like like the donuts, if they can't go more than a few days without donuts starting at that okay we're gonna only do two donuts today you usually get five but you know we're gonna do two 
or you usually eat a whole dozen in three days. We're going to stretch that whole dozen out for however it is. So starting at, you know, cutting yourself back, that'll get you to where you can, I guess, hold out for longer. So once you once you start building that tolerance up, then, you know, you can, okay, now I'm going to go three days without doing it. Now I'm going to go five days. Now I'm going to go until you get to that. I'm not dependent on whatever it was that I was doing now. So yeah. the, the steps are the same for helping somebody else and keeping them accountable. Honesty between accountability partners is the only way that you can help somebody else get through whatever it is they're going through. If they're not being honest with you, if you're not being honest with them, if you're not, you know, helping each other out, then it, it won't ever get past just the temptation and giving into the temptation. So being honest and then, you know, following those same steps of, you know, cutting back until you can get down to not doing it and then, you know, only one and then only two and then stretching it out until you build up that tolerance. No, I feel it. Like, I actually, I want to touch on something that you, like, you led on to. But basically, essentially, you can't help someone who doesn't realize that they need help. Right? So the first thing is, do, does this person realize that they need help? And if, if not, you may want to have a sit down or you may want to have maybe you and some friends sit down and talk to this person. Hey, yeah, it, it might be bigger really than a one-person situation. Not you definitely. might need two, two or three or four friends that say, hey, we all... We all love you. We all know that, you know, this temptation is hurting you and we don't want to see you hurt yourself. Yeah, but until they get to that point where they they accept it themselves, okay, maybe I do have something, a problem. Maybe I do have something I can work on. You can't do anything. Now, once they do that, you yeah, the the steps were spot on. Like you can go, you can go about working together, working with this person to try to 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 get them to get over this temptation. But I guess it was I have one more question. I and I guess we can wrap up here. But basically, in, in, the sta- in the same vein as the, the last question, right, I think it's, it's fair to say that a lot of times for people, temptation and, and peer pressure are, are heavily tied together, right? So how do you, how do you fight it when your temptation is, pro- is, is the source of your temptation is, prob- is one of your closest friends? Like we were saying before, when you're when you're dealing with the temptation, you can't put yourself in a situation that will allow you to get more of that negative stimulus. So let's say with the with the donut table. So let's say when you're coming to office, there's an alternate route that you can take that won't take you past your, your the donut table, but you still get to your desk. If you continually take the path that goes by the donuts to, you know, I'm just, I'm just get a smell of the donuts or I'm just, you know, look at them or whatever it is, putting yourself in that stimulus will, won't help you, you know, build up that, build up that, I guess, uh, that boundary or build up that wall against the temptation. So, Changing your environment can be the difference between getting out of it sooner or going back to it again and again, even though you know you shouldn't be doing it. So if you have friends, well, most of the most of the friends you'll have are because of uh, a common interest, I'll say. So if you 
you go to the bar and you found friends at the bar and your friends at the bar aren't trying to stop drinking, but you still try to hang out with them, it's not going to help you because they're still doing what you're trying to get away from. So sometimes, and although it, it might it might hurt you or it might you know feel bad to lose those relationships in that capacity that you had them before, it it's almost mandatory that you let go of those those bonds, those relationships, because they're not going to the same place that you're trying to go. If they're not trying to stop drinking, then they're only going to hurt you from stopping drinking. Because when you're around them, all they do is drink and you're trying to stop drinking. So in re like putting yourself constantly in that situation to be tempted won't help you, won't help you beat the temptation. No, I, I like that. I like that. And, and I guess one thing I'll say to add on to that, because it wasn't like you covered mostly everything. But I guess one thing I, I'll say is that you have to be. I, I want to say it like this, but I, I guess I'll say it, and it'll the words will come later. But you have to be confident in your ability, right? Or you have to be, you have to accept that. Okay, even if I if I stand alone on this choice, I'm I'm fine standing alone on this choice. Like if I if I don't want to do this, there's no one that can force me to do this. There's nothing in the world that can force me to do this if I'm uncomfortable with this. Yeah, no, that's a good place to be. And I think eventually you always get to that space when you're dealing with the temptation. But I would say in those in those first few, you know, days, first few months no, of of fighting something, you're I'm not gonna say you're not gonna be able to, but it's, it's, no, but it's most of the time, majority of the time, you're not gonna be able to be around that thing and still refuse it. So there, there's a point in in your journey um, of getting out of any temptation to where you've you've made it enough times that you can you can be around it and and you still won't give into the no, temptation. But that takes a lot of no, time. It does. And and. I was saying in those first few, those first, the first time that you, the first day that you stop drinking and you're saying, okay, I'm not going to drink, is not the day to go to the bar with your friends that that still drink. No, like, it, it not even that. Like, a lot of times you'll be, it'll be your first time battling the temptation, right? So you may not even see, or you might not, you can, you may not see the temptation yet, right? But my advice would be to, to see the footsteps in the direction, Right? Because if you can see the footsteps, you can kind of pick up where this is going, right? And the best the best way to 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 crush an issue is to solve it while it's small, right? Before it before it spirals out of control, right? So if you see even at the slightest inclination that this person may be like, hey, you know, uh, I was thinking like maybe for my birthday, like let's let's go get lit, let's go you know let's go get turned. Instead of waiting to that time period to say to try to fight temptation. At, at probably one of your weakest moments and one of the most difficult no moments, shut it down early, right? So like, as soon as those those the footsteps or those inclinations start start to pop in, that you know, hey man, that's this this is the plan. You know, shut it down early. Like, don't let it grow and grow. Cause like I said, the best way to fight it is to to crush it while it's small, really. Yeah, if you're if you're dealing with something and then the person. Like your, your so-called friend knows that you're dealing with something, and then still offers to you, it might be a good indication that, hey, maybe maybe it's time for us to not be friends because you see I'm dealing with this, and you know this is an issue for me, and you're still offering it to me. So, 
I mean, that's that's definitely definitely a red flag for me. Yeah, nah, like, and unfortunately, most of the time, even when you're doing something, like if you're if you go to the bar and it's fun to go to the bar, when you stop drinking, it's not gonna be fun for you anymore. So that'll that'll automatically get you out of a lot of relationships because what's fun to them is no longer fun to you, if that makes sense. Like if you if you stop smoking and everybody that you hang out with is always high, you're you're not gonna want to be around them anymore. So most of the time those relationships might fade out organically. But I mean sometimes when you when you are dealing with that, you might just have to, you know, put your foot down and say, Hey, this is yeah, I can't I can't hang out with you anymore. Like I might miss this one. Like you you're gonna have to realize like sacrifice, like kinda honestly. Yeah, it's, it's never easy, and uh, talking about it, it's never easy, but it's overcoming any temptation is not going to be easy, and it'll take time. But we have made it to the end of our episode. If you've listened this far, you're the real MVP. This was a special one, so. This was a good one. You've made it nine episodes listening to the two of us talk. It's real. And we can't say thank you enough. You guys are crushing it with the downloads. We episode one just reached a hundred downloads the other day. You guys, you guys are pushing them up there. We we can't we can't be mad at you guys. We're getting up there. We're getting up there. We're gonna keep making progress. But yeah, as always, if you want to follow us on Instagram, our tag is late. Not number one. Not number two. Not number three. But the number four. Lunch podcast so late for lunch podcast on instagram we do have a patreon we will be updating that in the next few weeks so go check it out there the link is in our instagram bio boy do you guys have some exciting things coming you guys are not gonna know what hits you by the time episode i mean season two gets here oh man start season two off with a banger i'm warning you you've been warned but yeah as always If you're in college right now, good luck on your finals, studying for finals. I just had a presentation today. Lord have mercy. It's a hectic time. Oh, man. It's that time of year. Thanksgiving is coming, though. Your your break is coming. Jet, what's your favorite holiday? Your rest is coming. Uh, Can I say my birthday? No, I'm just kidding. Um, You know what? We'll get into (laughs) it in the Q&A episode. (laughs) Favorite holiday. That's one of the questions. If you do have any questions for our Q&A episode coming soon... You can drop those in our DM as well. I like that. I like that. I like that. So, yeah, Q&A episode coming through soon. Stay tuned for that. I don't have anything else for you guys. Jet, what you got for the people? I ain't got nothing. Absolutely nothing. So, yeah, I guess drink water, mind your business. Go get some snack. Don't be late. Be on time. One time is early. Early is late. Now you said all that. Now we're good and well. We're still going to be late. <laughs> I'll probably, yeah, we, we're going to be late. Procrastination for the win. <laughs> we'll fight your temptation, though. I have been Clueless. I'm Jet. And we'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace.